Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you here at the NovaCare Complex as the Eagles just a couple of days away from heading out to Cleveland, Ohio to play the Browns, a 6-3 and three football team. You can watch the game on Fox at 1 o'clock. Of course, Merrill and Mike bring it your way on the Eagles Radio Network, and it's a huge game for the Eagles who had a chance last week to really put a strong grip on the NFC East lead. Instead, they lost to the Giants. It's been a difficult week here at the NovaCare Complex. A lot of players saying, hey, we have to be more accountable. We have to look in the mirror and be more accountable. We have to clean up our act at practice. That's on each and every one of us as players. In fact, let's start the podcast right there. Brandon Graham had a press conference earlier this week, a teleconference, of course, and he spoke directly about that, that things that are happening in practice are showing up on game days. Um, I think it starts definitely with practice because, you know, some of the stuff that's showing up out there, I mean, we just being real with ourselves, it's happening in practice. Jumping off sides, pre-snap penalties, uh, false starts, uh, you know, p- people dropping balls, us not getting off the rock, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just all stuff that we just need to, you know, hone in on, like, as, as a team. And I, I think that we're doing a good job addressing that elephant in the room because, you know, you kind of just – Want to say, oh, everything is gonna be, it's gonna be all right, it's gonna be all right. But now we at a point now where we know that stuff is affecting us, and we just gotta, we gotta clean that up. And so, uh, what I love the most is how Doug brings his energy, and, and don't let, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, get to him too much. But just know that uh, he he got to make a change, and it starts with him, and he, he trick, it trickles down to us. And you know, we got to make sure that we we policing that uh, when we see stuff happening in practice. Graham and the Eagles defense, of course, have a huge challenge on Sunday. Kareem Hunt, powerful running back. The Browns do it with Hunt and with Nick Chubb. Together, they've combined for nearly 1,100 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. They play downhill physical football. So the Eagles have to rise up and stop the run. Former Eagles linebacker and current WIP radio host, as well as our Eagles post-game show co-host, Ike Reese joins us to talk about that, the defensive challenge. We're also going to hear from Avante Maddox in the audible section of our show. He was mic'd up for the game against the Giants last week. One of the smallest guys on the field with the biggest heart likes to talk a little bit during football games. And Jim Cramer is going to take the optimistic approach. With a lot of negativity out there, the host of Mad Money wants to keep it positive in what he calls, well, you'll hear what he calls it, just how important this football game is for the Eagles. Let's begin with a little exclusive here, one-on-one with quarterback Carson Wentz, who it was revealed on Wednesday after he spoke to the media that Wentz broke the team down at practice this week. And for the first time and only time, he'll talk about that with me. So let's get into it with Carson Wentz, Eagles quarterback, trying to bounce back from a tough one against the Giants on Sunday. We welcome in quarterback Carson Wentz, our weekly one-on-one presented by NovaCare Rehabilitation. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Carson, uh, good to see you. Um, it came to light late in the week that you addressed the team. Uh, wondered the reason for your addressing the team. Um, kind of take me through the whole process. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, someone is usually addressing the team kind of after every practice. But, um, you know, just with, with everything going on and, and um, obviously coming off of a loss and, 
there's a lot of different things going on outside this building. I just want to remind everybody to, to stay together in this building and um, just keep believing, um, put everything behind us. I'm excited for, for the last half of the season, and I know everybody else is. And uh, for, for me, it was just simply reminding everybody, like, hey, I still believe in them. They still believe in me. And let's, you know, put everything else behind us. I'll keep that outside the building and just take care of what's, uh, what's in this building and take care of each other, and uh, hopefully good things happen. Have you seen... Any residual impact from that? Um, you know, nothing yet. Because the biggest thing for me um, that I love about this team, that I've always loved about this team, is win, lose, draw, good, bad, ugly. When we go out to practice, we come ready to work. And and that hasn't changed. That didn't change, you know, a couple weeks ago. That didn't change, at, you know, yesterday. Um, and guys are always coming in ready to work. And so uh, I think it's just more of a mindset. It's a mindset for guys to just keep believing uh, block out all the noise, the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, let's just go play. There's been a lot of talk from guys about being accountable and and fine-tuning details and so forth this week, taking it upon each person to do that. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a big part of, of why our record is the way it is because it's it's we have good plays and we have good opportunities, and it might just be one little thing here and there that's, that's really keeping us from being great and keeping us from winning ball games and um, you can have 10 guys doing the right thing, but if one guy's off, if you know everyone else is doing the right thing, but I miss a throw by a foot or, or different things like that, it's just those little things that are really keeping us back and holding us back. And so um, whether it's a mental mistake or a physical error, I think we can all just lock it in just a little bit more, starting with myself. And I think guys are seeing how close we are um, to being a great team, a great offense, and a, a great team on all three phases. But um, it is those little things, that's, things that are, are really holding us back. Right Carson, now. in general, when, when one gets to the NFL, how much of this success is mental versus how much is physical? It is a lot of both. Um, it's a lot of both. And, and sometimes, sometimes it is a lot of mental. And it's a lot of um, just putting the past behind you and blocking out everything and um, having confidence, building up confidence within yourself, within your team, because um, it doesn't matter what, what anyone else thinks. It's what matters what the team thinks and how we feel and how we're able to go out and perform and execute. And um, obviously physical is always going to be a huge part of it, but there's a lot mentally that goes into this. And um, got to make sure everyone's on the same page. All right, this week it's the Cleveland Browns. They can chew up the clock with that run game. So I would imagine, and I know it's important every week, but scoring early, getting up on Cleveland, how vital is that going to be on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you just hit it on the head. It's always important, and it's something um, starting fast is something offensively we've struggled to do as of late, and we're aware of that. And we know against a team like this that um, has a really good ground game, likes to eat up the clock, we gotta, we got to do that. we got to come out swinging early. Uh, we got to control the ball offensively and keep their ground game off the field and um, really realize how, how valuable every single drive is. We kind of saw that last week, how quick um, half, uh, a first half can go by. Go by. Um, because a, a team can kind of control the control the ball there, and so uh, we got to take pride in that offensively. We got to stay on the field and, and go execute our stuff. Speaking of running the football, how great was it to get Miles Sanders back on the field last week? And what do you see for him moving forward, his role and his impact in this offense? Yeah, it's always great to have Miles out there. I mean, we know the the home run hitter he is, and and now we've seen it from Boston as well, and and both out of the backfield catching the ball catching screens, um, you know, running the ball, making guys miss in the hole in the open field. Um, to have both of those guys be able to do so much in our offense, uh, I think it definitely scares some defenses. And, and you know, having a guy like Miles back um, definitely uplifts me and uplifts this entire, uh, entire team. Carson, the players, the skill position people you're working around largely are young players. 
in going back to that confidence thing, what, what is the message to a young guy who may make a mistake or the team may lose a game, just in terms of keeping your confidence going, that message to have success in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's going to them and just reminding them there's a reason they're here. Um, they're not just here to they're not here by accident you know there's there's a reason I mean there's a there's a big picture reason and then there's an organizational reason as to why they're on this team and in this organization and um, just reminding guys that what they're capable of you know guys are going to make mistakes I'm going to make mistakes and and if you ever lose that confidence it's hard to sometimes get it back and so just reminding guys what they're capable of why they're here um, and just allowing them to believe in themselves and go out and show it uh, in practice all week so that on Sunday it's uh, it's second nature. Is that the number one lesson for every first year player in this league that don't get down on yourself? Probably. Um, it's it's a big part of it because there's going to be physical mistakes. There's going to be mental mistakes. There's going to be tough coaching at times. There's going to be criticism from outside the building that maybe you've never heard before. There's a lot of things going on when you're a first year player and to be able to just trust yourself, believe in yourself. Um, and it, it can be a long season for, for these guys in their first year. Um, it's, a, it's a long off season. It just adds and it's all new. Everything happening is new to them. So just continuing to, to build that trust, trust in themselves and that trust within this team is a, is a big part of, uh, of young guys' role in, uh, in the situation. Cleveland Browns defense, you've studied them all week. What do they do well? What's the challenge like on Sunday? Um, they play fast. Um, you know, you get in third downs and different things, and, you know, they're going to do all sorts of different pressure looks and really try and complicate and confuse you. Uh, you know, guy like Anderson Deo over there who really I've practiced against and, and uh, know him well and just know the kind of competitor he is and, and how he disguises things. And I think their whole defense really just plays off each other well. Uh, for us last week, it was staying on the field on third down. We didn't do that. So we got to take a good look at that and um, come out and do our thing and, and learn how to stay on the field and sustain drive. How quickly did you watch that Giants game out of your mind? Uh, I mean, I watch it right after the game, uh, you know, every every game. Uh, I watch right away, and then I try and watch it. We got to come in and, and watch it as a as a staff, or excuse me, with our coaches and everything. But uh, I, I try and learn from it as quick as we can and, and move on, you know. And there's some good, there's some bad, and there's a lot of things we can learn, and uh, I think we all are doing that. Carson, good luck on Sunday. Bring home a win from Cleveland, and thank you much, uh, so much for your time today. Once again, great stuff, and uh, go get them against the Browns. Thanks, Our weekly one-on-one with Carson Wentz, presented by NovaCare Rehabilitation. Thanks, Carson. Thank you. Now, for the perspective from the other side of the football, Ike Reese was an undersized linebacker in his years in the league, and he excelled by playing with heart, leveraged, technically sound, very tough. That's what the Eagles need on Sunday, says Ike, as we talk about the challenge this defense faces against Cleveland's extremely powerful run game. I agree. Okay, so the challenge for the Eagles defense, we've been talking about it all week here, is stopping the run. As a linebacker, what does that mean to you? What kind of challenge is that? Oh, man, it's uh, going up against these two guys with this offense. Um, I can't think of the last time the Eagles defense have had to face a running attack uh, this potent. So as, as, as a run defense... I mean, it's going to start up front, right? It's going to start with those guys up front. They got to be able to win the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then the linebackers, you got to be able to scrape and feel. Like, you got to be able to get all blocks, make sure you get behind your pads, because these guys, uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, they are downhill runners. They, they, they aren't really interested in trying to make guys miss. So you had better get your body 
in front of these guys and, and be able to make tackles on them. And, and that's really been the big thing with me when I look at the Eagles' run defense this year is that we haven't been doing a great job up, up front with that front seven of tackling and, and getting off blocks in the run game. And so when I when I look at this Browns offense, that's the first thing that comes to mind to me. Like, it ain't going to be a whole lot of second-guessing. You, you better bring your neck roll, your big boy pads. It's, it's pretty much going to be nine on seven all day. I mean, that's that's how Cleveland likes to to run the football. They are dedicated to the run, and you had better be dedicated to stopping the run. I feel like when this Eagles front four dominates, the Eagles defense has a chance. If they don't flat-out dominate, it's much more difficult. Do you agree with that? Totally agree with that, Dave. Totally agree with it. Um, this... How the defensive line plays pretty much dictates how the defense is going to play that day. Uh, when the defensive line is being disruptive, when they are playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage in that backfield, uh, the whole defense just plays better. It makes everyone else's job a lot easier. And it really starts in the middle of the defense. When you look at our three defensive tackles, uh, that's where the game is going to be won. You know, with Malik Jackson and Fletcher Cox, and Javon Hargrave, those guys have to be able to control that interior part of the Cleveland Browns offensive line because the Browns are going to run between the tackles. I mean, that's what they like to do um, ultimately. And and if the Eagles are going to have any chance of winning this game, that's where they're going to have. They have to get the Browns to third and long. They got to get them to third and long and force them to have to throw the ball. Ike, the Eagles linebackers have gotten a lot of attention this year. Uh, what do you make of this uh, this team, uh, the linebackers, as a group? Um, not enough consistent play. Uh, obviously, T.J. Edwards uh, has been a bright spot uh, when he's been healthy and he's been out there. But he needs help. He needs he needs guys that are going to whether you know Jim calls a four-two uh, defense where it's only two linebackers out there or there's three out there. Um, typically these offenses are so sophisticated that you can't hide guys uh, in a defense. And so um, TJ needs guys playing next to him to play just as physical and downhill and decisive as he's plays. I think Alex Singleton does that at times. Duke Riley has shown he can do that at times, but they've also shown that they wear down as linebackers, right? When when you get teams that want to commit to the run and use a fullback and play downhill, I think we tend to wear it down at times. And I'll tell you something else I think we're, we're missing, uh, Dave, in our defense, is that position that Malcolm Jenkins played as that extra linebacker. I think Jalen Mills has, has tried to give us a valiant effort at doing it, but it takes a different type of mentality and body type to be able to hold up in there with the physical style of play that's demanded to play safety in the box. And I think at times, uh, particularly last week, uh, when Jalen Mills is down in that box, um, he doesn't necessarily look like he's wants to take on offensive linemen or fullbacks. You can't run around blocks because you create holes. So I think that also has played a part in, in our run defense not being as good as it has in the past because everybody likes to focus on whether or not the Eagles don't value linebackers or what have you. And, and and there may be some truth hidden in that logic there when it pertains to high draft picks or spending a lot of money. But the Eagles' defense under Jim Schwartz has typically been a good run-stopping defense, and a lot of it has had to do with how well they play 
up front and then having guys like Malcolm Jenkins or Nigel Bradham be good tacklers. And uh, that's sort of what they're missing this year in that front seven. I think Sunday will be a great test. I mean, like like you said, matching up physically a, a group of the front seven is not the biggest front seven in the league against a really physical group to me. That's going to tell the tale. Do you uh, do you agree with that? That just the Eagles have to kind of play bigger and more physical than their size on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. You're going to Northeast Ohio and Cleveland. You know it's going to be windy. It's going to be cold. Uh, the Browns' offense they would much rather run the ball than throw the ball. Um, so you can't worry as much about the play action pass. You got to be committed to stopping the run. It had the mentality had to have started Monday or Tuesday when they started preparing. Uh, for the Cleveland Browns. That's a mindset you must have throughout the week, knowing that they're going to run the ball and they're going to keep running the ball to see if they can break your will. And this defense of the Eagles have to develop that mentality going into the game Sunday that you can't worry about the pass. you got to let the secondary worry about the, the, the passing attack of the Cleveland Browns. That front seven has to be more concerned with getting to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the running game and trying to get that Cleveland offense to third and six, third and seven, to where you force Baker Mayfield to have to make throws. Speaking of heart and being physical, let's go into the actual field of play. Last week, Eagles and the Giants, we mic'd up Avante Maddox, Eagles cornerback. Let's give you a taste of what it's like on the field from the perspective of number 29. What's up, baby? How you doing? Oh, good. How you okay. doing? Okay, good. <laughs> hey! Hey, what are you doing? Oh, Most of the detail? Most Yeah! Yeah! I see you. Good tackle. Good tackle. You know it. You know it. That's how you fight. All day. Whoa, okay! When you gonna go on the route, man? Come on, banana. Why are you looking like that, VG? <laughs> oh, did I just gotta come on. Hurry up. Come on, man. It's that win, VG. That win crazy. <laughs> Got that perfect ass form of blocking. <laughs> the hell. And from that cornerback to another cornerback we go. Our alumni interview this week with Eagles Hall of Famer Eric Allen, one of the very best in the game. Still in the league. Where? Well, let's find out. One-on-one with former Eagles cornerback Eric Allen. It is time for our Microsoft Teams Eagles Legend of the Week. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro with one of my favorite guys from the (laughs) good good old days of gangrene defense cornerback Eric Allen. Looking good, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great here in Montana, visiting my son, uh, Hunter, who plays for the University of Montana. So a little break here, but definitely great to be on with you. What is it like watching your son play college football? (laughs) Are you a relaxed father playing? Are you a coach? What are you like, Eric? All of the above. Uh, It's extremely exciting, but uh, really nerve-wracking because you know what kind of work he puts in throughout the week. And you just want to see that materialize itself during during the games and so all of the little things that uh you go over and study with the little pointers you just hope it kind of comes to him so uh uh, it's really pleasurable but uh very (laughs) nerve-wracking uh more nerve-wracking than getting ready for a big game against the dallas cowboys for you 
Or is it more nerve-wracking watching your son play football? For my son, and I, and I know a lot of people say this because when I when you go through preparation, you're comfortable with the planning and preparation that you went through. So during the games, I'm kind of you know just waiting for those certain plays to pop up that I remember and I can anticipate kind of what's going on and do something about it. With uh, Hunter, uh, you you know you just kind of you're out there hoping that the process kind of is all through and that people are not judging him by the standards of a finished product of Eric Allen. That was the one huge issue that kind of um, set on my heart, you know, through the high school and, and now that he's uh, in his first year at Univers uh, University of Montana. Eric, uh, 1988 through 1994 in Philadelphia, do you, are you reminded often from people, Eagles fans, do they reach out to you? Do you think about your playing days at all? Constantly, because of the fan base, and the fan base is universal. And wherever you go, we have huge eagle populations all around uh, the world. And so, particularly when football season's on, and if I have something green on with the eyes kind of uh, hot, people are like, "Hey, what? Hey, Eric Allen." So yes, <laughs> it's it's great too. I never shy away from it because. There's always great conversation, and you talk about the old days, and I was fortunate enough to take my family to the Super Bowl in Minnesota, so uh, it's all good. Eric, uh, for those who might, be, might have come along after we began here with the Eagles, member of the 75th anniversary team, member of the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame, what was so great for you about playing in Philadelphia? Well, uh, first of all, just to be under the uh, Buddy Ryan of course, humongous defensive coordinator should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I believe, you know, with the '85 Bears, brought that mentality over to Philadelphia, and then to be able to be in the same locker room, of course, as Reggie and Jerome, Clyde, Seth, Randall, uh, Keith Jackson, Keith Byers. There's just so many great names, so many great personalities. And again, when you talk to older players and they talk about, do you miss it? They're like, no, I don't miss. I just miss the locker room. Well. I miss football because <laughs> yeah. I was a football player and I love playing the game, but I do really miss those relationships and that growth that I was able to have, particularly in the early part of my year with Roy Nell Young, someone who had been in the league for seven or eight years before I got there and took our little small DV group and we would go down to uh, South Street at times and just eat on Fridays we would, uh, he would take us to great restaurants just to kind of get us to understand what it takes to be a professional. That's beautiful stuff. I asked this question of Calvin Williams a few weeks ago, and I want you to give me an honest answer. Do you have black cleats anywhere? Did you save any of the black cleats? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going through a renovation because of COVID, so I've just cleaned out my uh, garage, and I've gotten rid of so many of that stuff. And yes, I had a pair of black cleats, but the glue had come apart, and so the, sh the shoes were, like, kind of uh, disappearing and right in front of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same way with us. Our glue's coming, glue's coming apart for me, too. Uh, Eric, yeah. it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, the way you played the game, it was a very tactical way. It was extremely successful, six Pro Bowls in your career, big plays. I, I wonder how you feel about the rules of the game now for cornerbacks in the NFL now versus what it was for you. Well, I think... Uh, the style of game that uh, I play is, uh, is, is popular now because the, it's all about getting the ball. 
You know, and that's the one thing that I thought was the most important thing. You can great, you know, cover the guy and be all, but and be sticky coverage, and that's great. But when the quarterback makes a mistake, you have to capitalize. And Jeff Fisher, my first defensive back coach in Philly, would get in the meeting rooms and talk about M, as in Mary, O, B, P, missed opportunities for big plays. And you just didn't want to go through that checklist when you're sitting down Monday and have too many of those. So it was all about tips and overthrows, expecting a bad play because we had such a great pass rush. But I think Darius Slay plays a lot like I probably would play right now. Yes, it's like I said, it's great to have that tacky coverage, but you want to get the ball back for the offense so they can have more possessions. And when you got the ball, Eric, very few cornerbacks have ever done what you did. Um, I want to revisit that uh, touchdown return against the Jets in 1993. Um, The one that Steve Sable from NFL Films called the greatest interception return in NFL history. A, did you ever get like a little trophy for being the greatest interception return in NFL history? And B, have you shown your kids that? Like, is there any respect from your children about the game that you had? They we're living in the, the age of YouTube. So, man, they just put it up on YouTube and all the friends that come over and you know, they come over in the beginning and how you doing, Mr. Allen? And they go to the room and play around. But about half an hour later, when they come out of the room, it's like, hey, Mr. Allen, how are you doing? So obviously <laughs> YouTube and the cutbacks and the spins and all that. So that's back to my old days at Blincher Park here. Uh uh, in San Diego when I was a running back or a receiver, and that's kind of those skills that you have to develop when you're in, when you're in San Diego. Uh, let's talk about what you're doing now. I know you're still in the game of football out there with the Las Vegas Raiders. How's that going? Explain to the fans what you're doing. Yeah, Dave, I, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that the transition in my career, <clears throat> I finished in 2001, 2002 with the infamous Tuck Rule game and went right to uh, my other dream is being in broadcasting journalism. So I worked for ESPN for 15, 16 years. I've been steadily working in the business. And uh, fortunately, I built a relationship sort of like what I have with you guys with the uh, Raiders. And I was able to move uh, this year and, and do radio and television with JT DeBrick, who's you know famous for doing Raider games. I do uh, post-game television, Marcel Reese, Aaron. Uh, Costarelli. So we're just doing an outstanding job. Um, Eric, Hall of Fame Eagle. Um, do you remember the day? How did it feel? Do you, do you, do you, I mean, obviously you are an Eagle for life. I know the Raiders thing is your gig, but deep inside <laughs> it's Midnight Green. Midnight Green and, and, sure. and Kelly Green. Yeah, for sure. I just really um, have a lot of just honor and respect uh, that uh, I was able and fortunate enough to be along with all those outstanding players, you know, uh, quick and uh, Dawkins and, and those guys and it's just it puts a stamp on the time I spent there and that's important because this game is really about respect and as long as you can leave a place a little better than you found it and it's really you get the award and you're on the you know you're the pitcher you have the jacket but it just shows you and tells other folks that so many people were important and in this short journey that I was in Philadelphia that they deserve a lot of credit, too. So all the players, all the coaches who are along, Bud Carson, Peter Genta, uh, you know, along with all the other great coaches there, they deserve mentioning also 
when any of us receive an uh, amazing award like that. It's so crazy, final thing here, how all this Eagles thing comes around, goes around. I was talking to Willie T a few weeks ago, and his last <laughs> game was also the Tuck, yes. the tuck game, the yeah. Tuck rule game against Tom yeah. Brady. Nuts. Yeah, I kind of um, recruited Willie T uh, that year to come out and play with us uh, in Oakland. We had a really veteran team, but I knew Willie T had uh, those great coverage skills as a linebacker and was smart and crafty and thought that uh, his year would, would be really be a, a, a great opportunity for, for our team. And he, man, he came away with a great season. He had probably like five interceptions, so we were battling. I had six that year. He had five. We had a great time out there, and we talked a lot about the locker room uh, in Philadelphia and tried to bring that uh, that vibe and that energy uh, to the Raiders. So, yes, Willie T, and we sat in that locker room and basically made our decision to retire after that game. Wow, that's that's a great story, crazy. On behalf of all Eagles fans, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Eric go. Allen, love you. Great to see you. Eric Allen, our Microsoft Teams Eagles Legend of the Week. Great to see you. You look fantastic. Take care, my man. Tired of searching for sports updates in different places? The Xfinity Sports Zone gives you the ultimate sports hub experience where you can find games, news, and highlights all in one place right on your TV. Follow the teams you love across your favorite sports. You can even use the voice remote to access stats and scores. With the Xfinity Sports Zone, everybody wins. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store for details. Restrictions apply. Requires Xfinity TV service with X1. And we wrap up this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group with Jim Cramer. Mad Money's Jim Cramer, who says, Eagles fans, keep it positive. This is the week. I'm Jim Cramer, and welcome to my world. You need to get in the game. Go out of business, and he's nuts. They're nuts. They know nothing. I always like to say there's a bull market somewhere. Mad money. You can't afford to miss it. Hey, I'm Kramer! Alright, it's the running game. No, not our running game. It's their running game. And they've got unbelievable runners in, in, in Kareem and in Chubb. My belief is if Jim Schwartz gets this right, and I think he will because he is a genius, then it's going to be our game. Uh, now, obviously, the one thing that people have to realize, it has to be our game. I think this one's do or die. If we don't win this one, the next ones are just tougher and tougher. So my feeling is it's in Jim Schwartz's hands. I think they're capable of hands. I think they're going to stop the run. And I think we're going to come on Monday and say, why did we hate Carson Wentz? Why did we think we were so bad? I always bet against Philly fans, even though I'm from Philadelphia, because they get too negative at the bottom. Thank you. That'll do it for this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Ray Doyle, Trevor Hayes for their great work on the podcast. Thanks to all of you for joining us each and every episode. I'm back on Sunday, post-game edition, the instant reaction, Eagles and the Browns. We thank you for joining us here on this Eagles Insider Podcast, the tailgate edition. Big one on Sunday. Gosh, this is the start of a five-game stretch against plus 500 teams for the Eagles. They have played down to the level of the competition thus far. A 3-5-1 record is what it is. Can the Eagles elevate their game in the hardest part of the 2020 schedule? We're going to find out starting Sunday. Everybody, stay confident. Listen to Jim Cramer. Maybe this is the game to turn the season around. Thanks again for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day, and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!
There's still time to be in the stands at Lincoln Financial Field this season with an Eagles fan cutout. Put on your game day vest and upload a photo of yourself so that you can join us on game days. Fan cutouts printed by Rico are only $35 and orders of four or more receive a $5 discount per cutout. Best of all, your purchase benefits Eagles Autism Foundation and also waives the registration fee for the 2021 Eagles Autism Challenge event. Order today at PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash cutouts.